Hello and welcome to a very special episode of The Brave Room. With me here, I have first-time guest to the podcast, Kit Chu. Yeah, hi. First time. First time, sure. You've been away a very long time, Kit. Yeah, I mean, you had to do all the industry jazz and I was busy keeping the ship afloat, so to speak. Pretty much, yeah. Well, actually, I think, spoiler alert, sometimes we film these episodes out of order. So I think the last time the listeners would have heard from you would have been the Pokemon episode, which I think was two weeks ago, maybe. 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 Listen. Time, time is fake. Time is convoluted in quarantine. I can put down a summon sign and guest on other people's podcasts and you wouldn't be able to tell where I'm from. Speaking of which, what are we talking about today, Kit? It's very good to have you back. What's, what are we talking about today? Let's talk about the animus, specifically the one on Netflix. Yes, because I can't remember if I brought this up in uh, our anime podcast, which you were also absent for. But Netflix has a really good selection of anime. Like, really good. It's not, like, it's usually not season current. Like, you know, I'm not going to be able to watch Wonder Egg on Netflix, for example. But... I remember when Netflix first started having anime and the only thing it had was Anya the Evil and Overlord. Neither of which I have watched yet. Eh. Anya's okay, but... And Overlord's amazing, I hear, but I refuse to get into it. That's besides (laughs) the point. That's besides the point. Our point is that now there's like a huge catalogue and you also get Attack on Titan like a few days later. On top of that, we got like freaking Netflix original anime, which they invited us out to go check out like two separate times to talk about their upcoming lineup. This isn't sponsored by Netflix. However, Netflix, you know, <laughs> you have our contact info. Feel free to send us early access. Yeah, which we did. We did get get one early access. I that we did. We and we're gonna talk about that. What is it that we got early access for, Kit? Dota Dragon's Blood. Yeah, Dota. The epic world of Dota with its rich lore and deep characters. I mean, they're deep enough. Are they? Are they, though? Okay, so, uh, for context. No, screw it. You know what Dota is. You know... <laughs> <laughs> As we're recording this, the Singapore... Major by One Esports is going on now. So if you are in any way interested in the DPC, please go check out the first LAN event in like at least a year or so. Oh yeah. Oh, also, before we before we fully dive in on making fun of the Dota anime, uh, yeah, don't forget two thousand plays square bracket serious suggestion. I'll be forced to take one of your suge- one of your suggestions once we hit two thousand plays. Yeah. So Dota anime. So. You know what would have been the best way to do a Dota anime? What? Wait for the Warcraft anime to come out and then just <laughs> call it the Dota anime. Recut. Uh, uh, Blizzard won't be too happy about that, I presume. They weren't too happy about Dota either, from what I recall. Yeah. But <laughs> do, they lost, so I guess sucks to be them. Do what Super Sentai does and Power Rangers do, but with the Dota anime. <laughs> 
can't I can't imagine. Okay, so for those of you who don't know that this Tokusatsu in joke, if I remember correctly, so in Japan they filmed the series Super Sentai, and you know it had all the all the suits and stuff. And then what Saban did with the Western release, which you may know as Power Rangers, is they just took the footage of the suit people and then replaced the non-suit footage with new characters. Okay. <laughs> so the action scenes are the same, but the plot is totally different, which I think is exactly what Dota should have done. <laughs> I. Can't imagine Warcraft having an anime after their like theatrical release. That movie kind of er uh, didn't do well. I heard. I thought it did money well. It just wasn't good. I have no idea. I just know that people kind of sort of didn't really like it. You know. Here's the thing. Video game movies, no one's ever gonna be happy with a video game movie. I've seen people complain about Detective Pikachu, and that movie is near perfect. How do you complain about Detective Pikachu? I have no idea. Anyways, that's besides the point. We we need to talk about Dota here. Okay, <laughs> so basically, Lance from Voltron. I want to say Shiro because he's a bit more grounded and stuff, you know. Yeah, but he's voiced by Yuri Lauenthal, and you know has the complexion of a. Uh... That's true. He's got the Shiro chin. Okay, so basically, <laughs> Studio Mirror can only draw two people, and every other character they design is an in between. I'm sorry to the crew. Uh, I guess it's okay. It's good enough to make in jokes and all that jazz. My biggest complaint was definitely the hybrid transformation thing. Okay, yeah. So, here's a funny conversation I had with a friend, right? So, my friend incorrectly said that this was the studio that in Castlevania. She was like, oh yeah, it's the Castlevania people made a Dota anime, right? And I'm like, no, no, do not <laughs> slander their name. Because they would have had the sense to make the Monster Man hot. The Dragon Knight dude, he has like a devil trigger, right? Essentially, where he turns into a hybrid dragon thing. Well, he doesn't start off having a trigger, then he just kind of pulls off his dragonfly necklace and becomes that that thing. Bang, 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 pull my devil trigger. Uh, and here's the thing, right? If Guillermo del Toro being a part of our lives has taught us anything, is that if your main character can turn into a monster, you best make that monster hot. We're not even talking generic hot. Just have some element of horny to the design. That's all we need. <laughs> Unfortunately to me, it really just looked like a spiky gara and I'm like, mmm, no, no, this doesn't cut it, man. This exactly. Do you, do you remember there's a quote from The Shape of Water where Guillermo del Toro was obsessing over the fishman's ass? Full disclosure, I only watched the movie. I didn't go diving into additional material, but it was an enjoyable ride. With Shape of Water? Unintended. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that movie's amazing. We will do a separate podcast on the on how lovely and beautiful that movie is. But yeah. <laughs> so Guillermo del Toro obsessed over making the Fishman hot in that movie. And I think Doda could have used some of that. Notice how we're not talking about the plot here. We're complaining about unsexy Dragon Man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Okay. 
objectively speaking, the dragon is more attractive than the dragon man. So, like, if you're here for the dragon, good for you. If you're here for the monster, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, the dragons look pretty okay. Uh, did, is that how they appear in the game? I know nothing about Dota. Well, in the game, officially, there's only two. The one Dragon Knight transforms into in his out and the Winter Wyvern herself. The rest of the dragons are supposed to be dead by the time the game starts, so... The dragons look cool, but again, they had that weird, like, cheapish CG look to them as well. You are know my gripe with the Dota anime was? Yeah. I feel like they really wanted you to like Dragonite as a character, but in all the wrong ways. <laughs> he has a lot of sex in that anime. Uh, well, it's implied to have a lot of sex, but he only... There's no implication when he's like always like in bed and there's another woman coming out and then all the women are like gossiping every time he comes into a room. <laughs> oh, what if it's like the... What if it's like the Devil May Cry thing where he doesn't actually have sex with them, he just cries about his mom or something. That's why That's why the women are like whispering, they're like, oh man, he's got a new mommy story. <laughs> I guess that's someone's, someone's interest out there, you know. For those of you who don't know, there's an in-joke in the Devil May Cry community that uh, everyone in Devil May Cry has mommy issues. And then in the official novelization, there was a prequel novel for Devil May Cry 5 release. It's like the month before Devil May Cry 5 starts. And one of the characters hooks up with a chick, and the chick complains that he yells MOTHER in the middle of the night. Oh god. <laughs> but yeah, no. It does feel a lot like the anime was just kind of like, I am a grown-up. Look at this grown-up anime. Sex scene. Violence. When My I'm- friend was saying Avion is the kind of like really milk toast. So I'm like, uh, yeah. He is. He has no personality whatsoever. Literally all he does is the studio mirror, ooh, reaction face. <laughs> but never mind that Marcy is the best girl. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of fan out of Marcy. That's the, the one who can't talk, right? Yep. Yeah. There I- was a joke from a video somewhere where you couldn't ruin a character because they couldn't talk, so... It's true. It's true. Silent characters are great. Just look at Neo from Ruby. She's the best character. No one ever comes. Funnily enough, that's exactly the character I was referring to. <laughs> Dude, Neo is great. We need to have a Ruby cast one of these days. So I finished only volume 2 and I stopped watching. I made it to volume 4. And then, yeah. Same, same thing. That's okay. We can just talk about character designs. Because <laughs> Neo is like an amazingly designed character. Ice cream. Ice cream. Also, she's in Blaze Blue Cross Tag and is amazing because she has great air combos. Uh, that's the fighting game guy. Can you tell that we like, like, we'll, we're happy to do anything but talk about the Dota anime right now? <laughs> <laughs> because the thing is, it's serviceable. It's fully serviceable. It's fine. When but... you hit play, it plays. And when it ends, it ends. Yes. <laughs> I tried not to come off too hard in the review, but... If you want plot details, check out Kit's uh, article on it. This is just our off-the-cuff, like, bar talk about the Dota anime. Here's the thing, right? I've seen tweets. I saw someone tweet that, like, 
oh man, you know, Dota Dragon's Blood is amazing. Even if you're not a fan of Dota, you're gonna love it. And I'm like, don't you dare put words in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know what the hell a Dota even is. The closest I got to playing Dota was one time where I played and someone asked me to stop playing. <laughs> and the copious amount of hours I put into Warcraft 3. <laughs> I think a lot of my time was like my brother smurfing and auto chess when it was the mod, you know? Yeah. It's just like, it's kind of a very generic story, isn't it? It's Yandere Goddess Lady. I'm just hoping that it's because of the short run time for the book one doesn't kill off the others, you know? Because the potential is that I want to give it the benefit of the doubt for later books. And also, I want to see if my girl shows up, you know? Who's your girl? Is it Venomance? Draw Ranger. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say Venomance. I mean, I like Venom as a hero. He's like brain, kind of brain dead to play, you know? I don't mobile. The only reason I like Venomancer is because in Dota 1, he's literally just a Hydralisk from StarCraft. That's it. Yeah, uh, then he also does the whole turret thing, which I like because... I'm always the summoner type. Minus the micro. But yeah, that's just kind of it about Do- about Dota's Dragon Knight. Dota Dragon like Blood. Blood. Yeah. It's got a really generic plot. Like, hot man and hot girl go on an adventure. There's a hot kind of demigod dude. And a Yandere goddess. Right? I think so. And a demon. Oh, uh, and there's this demon too? Cool. Wait, isn't Drow Ranger the, the lady that's hunting after them? No, that's Luna. Ah. Uh, you can't... You, how dare you drop their names in front of me and assume that I'd recognize who they are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, slightly buff lady with glaive. Yeah. And uh, woman with cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I think I'm too old for Studio Mirror's art style. Like, it looks cool. But when I see it, all I think about is the peak of Voltron and how that ruined Tumblr for me for the longest time. I'm pretty sure I kind of watched most of the seasons of Voltron and my memory is like so big. I liked Voltron. I liked it. Funny enough, Voltron was a Netflix exclusive too. I liked Voltron, but you see, the problem is how I enjoy things is I watch them and then I want to go online and look at all the like you know, GIFs and stuff. Like people posting screenshots and be like, oh my god, this is so cool and stuff. That's how I enjoy things. And instead, I you know, I type Voltron into Tumblr and all, what do I get? You can't ship this, you can't ship this. If you ship this, you may as well be wearing a Nazi armband. Ah, uh, yes. The, the real discourse. spicy, spicy stuff of the fandom. Yeah, and then... Oh man, I sent a bomb threat to this to Studio Mirror to make sure that they make my canon or some whatever nonsense it was that happens when you give 13-year-olds, you know, internet access. <laughs> so, yeah, that happened. Now I have a resentment for the stu- because any any time I look at Studio Mirror stuff, that's all I remember. I guess we best move away lest we bring on the wrath of 13 year olds you know nah man so good uh, <laughs> I did I watched one more Netflix exclusive anime though I watched High Rise Invasion 
and uh-huh. welcome to One's Therapy Corner because I can't decide how I feel about this anime. What is it? Okay, so the setup for High Rise Invasion, unlike Dragon's Blood, this actually has a setup. Is a girl wakes up in a world that is made entirely of skyscrapers and rope bridges connecting them. Uh huh. When anime starts, she is in this world, and she starts getting chased by people wearing these smiley face masks. Okay. And there are other people who are waking up in this world as well. And what the masks do is they try to make people's lives so shitty that they kill themselves. Oh, good. If you show no signs of wanting to kill yourself, then the, they'll just straight up attack you. Nice. So that is a cool concept. That's a really cool concept for a thriller, right? Because the, there's all these really cool masks... I'm convinced if, you know, the world didn't end, there would have been a lot of cosplayers from this anime. Because the mask is really easy to make. It's literally just like a white plain mask with a generic smiley on it. Literally all the masks are like easily cosplayable concepts. There's one of them's like a maid, one of them's a cop, one of them's a sniper. We'll get to him. We'll get the sniper mask and how he fits into my conflicted feelings about this. So that's a really cool concept, really cool like character designs. So why the hell is this anime so <laughs> Well, direction is one thing, I suppose. It's not just direction, it's the writer. This anime is based off a manga from the early two- 2010s. And it feels like... I can feel the vibe of the person who wrote this. Because it's this very, like generic kind of self-insert cringe I'm super deep and saying something about society no you're not kind of thing (laughs) I think the most annoying thing is the fan service so there's three girls who are like the main characters of this anime Mm -hmm. and you know as a gentleman of culture I don't mind my subtle Yuri overtones but the way this does it is in a very like non-endearing way like, where characters act like 10-year-old boys who've never seen boobs in their life. Alright. And it's, it just takes you out of it so hard. And it's so annoying where, like, characters will suddenly comment on each other's underwear and stuff. And I'm like, you're being chased by a bunch of serial killers. Can it wait? No. Yeah, pretty much. And then we have the character of Sniper Mask. And he's this dude in a suit in a fedora who smokes and has a sniper rifle and I'm convinced he is the author's self-insert because literally every character so his, his whole thing is that his mask breaks and so he is no longer mind controlled like the other masks are uh-huh. and so he helps the girls fight off the other masks and literally every mask that can talk who has to fight him only talks about how cool he is Oh man, you can't make me fight Sniper Mask. He's too cool. Oh man, I thought I could kill Sniper Mask, but he's too powerful. He can ricochet shots off of lamps. And oh man. And then, because the mask can actually take off their masks to like eat and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so a few times, he'll take off his mask in front of a character. You not, you're you never allowed to see his face, but other characters can. And they all comment the same thing. Oh my god, he's so handsome. Uh, so is Kakashi. I wish. At least Kakashi's charming. <laughs> but yeah, no. So that's 
Sniper Mask is just like bootleg Kakashi. Pretty much, yeah. And there's this weird thing where like one of the girls actually has a crush on Sniper Mask. So that I don't mind. Like her thirsting over Sniper Mask is fine because that's apparently a defining part of her character. Ah, uh, so take take me out like to a date or killing you. Surprise me. Pretty pretty much, yeah. So it's like, okay, but then literally like every other character as well who sees his face is just like, oh my god, he's so handsome. Okay, it gets so bad that a key plot point is that there's a second sniper mask running around. She's called uh-huh. like White Feather or something like that. She dresses like Robin Hood, but has the same sniper rifle as Sniper Mask. Alright. And then they fight each other, and then he wins, because remember, Sniper Mask is the coolest sniper. And then after the fight, she takes off her mask and she's like doing the the heavy blushing and panting kind of thing. Uh. And it's just like, why? I hope, dear writer, that you've encountered the touch of a woman since writing <laughs> this. I guess that's one thing I'm not gonna watch. It's really good though. Like the thriller parts of it are really good. It's just that whenever they say, "Oh, we're gonna take a while to like focus on who the characters are," that's when it just falls apart. Yeah, I mean, I can just go and watch B the beginning instead of High Rise Invasion. I guess yeah. Oh, I do want to talk about one character I do like though. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the main character, she's a brocon because of course she is. Of course. So she's looking for her only Chan, and. She's always like the first few episodes. You don't see him. Uh, they they try to like red herring you into thinking that the sniper mask is is her only chan. She's just like, oh man, I just need to find my older brother. He'll know what to do. And then you know, you think like this world is so messed up. Like there's no way a high schooler is gonna know what to do. When they finally cut to him, oh boy, he knows what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what the first shot of him in the anime is? Go on. He is holding a sledgehammer beating a mask to death. Nice. And he's like, I don't like killing masks, but I've tried reasoning with them before, and it's like physically impossible for them to be reasoned with. Like their programming doesn't allow it. So the only mercy I can do is to kill them. Congratulations, Edgy Boy. It's the best. It's one of those things where, like, he's so hyper competent, and he has no powers. Because when, if you have the mask, then you you get some powers. He doesn't, and he's so hyper competent that it's funny. Like, it's funny how much better he is than everyone else in the world. Congratulations for saving anime. There's a bit where, like, a bunch of masks do a co- coordinated attack on him and his party. And they throw mm-hmm. a bunch of smoke bombs, and everyone's and he's like, "Oh man, you know, guys, don't worry about fighting the mask. Just get get to safety." Then he pulls out goggles, and covers his mouth, and pulls out his hammer again. He's like, "Don't worry, I'll take care of the masks." I think he kills like three of them too. I suppose he doesn't die since he's like the best character ever. Okay, so spoiler for High Rise Invasion, he does not die, but he gets captured, and so the last arc is. Everyone, like the entire gang, figuring out how they're going to to do the the high rise invasion when their best party member is gone. All right, actually that sounds kind of fun. 
But yeah. I'm not sure. I'm still not sure whether I watch it or not. I I would recommend giving it a watch, but just like yeah, it's give it's giving me conflicted feelings. I understand. <laughs> because yeah, the main character is like really really boring. She's a brocon, and you know, all the stuff that comes with that. I do kind of like the second girl, the one who likes sniper mask. Mm-hmm. Because her whole thing is, she's the person who clearly doesn't belong in this world. Like she's very nice. She hasn't killed anyone in her life, and she doesn't intend to. And sniper mask will like literally do anything to save her. Ah, I really like that dynamic. The whole like you know knight and lady essentially. That that's basically what the dynamic is. But yeah, high high rise invasion. Oh man, I would give it like a solid like six out of ten if I had to. You should write a review about it. Ha uh-huh. ha. Uh, but it came out it came out like a month ago. Uh, I'd rather save that for Wonder Egg because that's a legitimate good anime. But we're not talking about that because that's not on Netflix. Before we do close out this lovely anime podcast. We're getting a bunch more anime as well coming to Netflix, right? Yep. The one I'm really looking forward to is Way of the House Husband. You mean the greatest anime ever produced? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm excited for Way of the House Husband. Here's the thing: the trailer animation quality looks kind of if sus, but Way of the House Husband, the manga, is written in such a way that you don't need good animation. Yeah. I re- I think I've caught up with the manga and also tried watching the live action where yeah, they heard. have an adopted daughter. I watched the live I watched a clip of the live action and it's not a one to one adaptation of the manga. Yeah, it isn't. Which is really great because the jokes are reformatted to work in live action. They have an adopted daughter, so like yeah, there's an extra dynamic there. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know about it. I only saw the the scene where he meets the other legendary Akuza who runs a crepe stall. I don't think I watched the episode because I watched like one or two of them, but I really enjoyed it, of course, because the way they done it and the whole dramatic, and they, of course they had to throw in uh, the Japanese puns, because how else would Tatsu survive? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know. This manga has one joke. It is one joke repeated every chapter, and it is: What if you looked at ordinary tasks through the eyes of a deadly yakuza? This franchise is like the most hilarious example of falling upwards. Falling upwards? Do you, Do you remember how this all started? So the manga came out. The manga passed like I think a hundred thousand sales or something like that, and so mm-hmm. they released a live action snippet. To celebrate the hundred thousand sales. Oh yeah, I remember seeing the like the commercial sort of thing. Yeah, so it was a live action commercial, and everyone was like, "Holy shit, this is really good! The guy you got to play Tatsu is really good. We need more of this." <laughs> and then they were like, "Are you sure?" And fans were like, "Yeah," and they were like, "Okay, uh, here's a we've made a live action TV drama," and and people like were chomping at the bit for it. They were like, "Holy shit, this is amazing!" And they're like, yeah, and they were, they were like, yeah, and then some people were like, oh, I don't really like live action. Would have preferred an anime. And they're like, are you sure? Uh huh. And now we're getting an anime. <laughs> this manga can't stop winning. Is what I'm saying. Sudaken is playing as Tatsu. Like, yes, thank you. For the anime, is it? Yeah. They, yeah, no, they they got that voice right. He is such a generic yakuza trope. 
<laughs> and I love it so much. For me, funnily enough, since yeah, Sudaken also was picked as the voice for Emperor in Ark Knights, and there he's also like the shady kind of boss. <laughs> good, good casting, star. Good casting. That's gonna be it for us this episode. Thank you so much for listening. It was like one hell of rambling, but thanks for listening. I think that's the point of this podcast. We're not, we're not like a, a lecture. You know, we're just hanging out with your friends. So we we will occasionally divert to talk about Fishman ass and <laughs> and how much we don't actually want to talk about the Dota anime. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, leave a comment, like this, tell your friends about this, tell your friends about how I chat on your on your beloved Dota anime. <laughs> Go ahead. I dare you. I double dare you. This has been The Brave Room. Don't forget to leave a comment. Square bracket serious suggestions. In fact, you could say, you could put in the square bracket serious suggestions. You could put, one has to say nice things about the Dota anime. (laughs) And then when this hits 2000 plays, then I'll be forced to grit my teeth and say something stupid like, it was fun or some, some something like that I don't know this has been The Brave Room I have been Wanamiro and this has been Kit and take care guys <laughs>